Welcome to Letters from Wall Street. I'm your host, Anthony Pompliano, better known as Pomp. Let's kick this thing off. If you follow Bitcoin and crypto, you've probably heard of eToro. They're the world's number one social trading platform, and I love it. They've got more than 10 million other traders that love it too. And guess what? They just launched in the United States. eToro offers access to the world's most popular cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, and others. With the smartest trading tools and the ability to connect with the best traders around the world, there's no better place to build your perfect portfolio. If you're new to Bitcoin and crypto, you can test the waters with their $100,000 virtual trading feature. But if you're more experienced, you can create custom technical charts and use eToro's social feeds to inform your trading decisions. They've got transparent fees, and so you never miss out. They also have an easy-to-use application available on iPhone, Android, or any web browser. You can get started today in just a few clicks at eToro.com. Again, that's eToro.com. Get VIP access to Bitcoin and crypto markets today. The following is the 2018 letter from the chairman from Stephen Kanderian, the chairman of the board, president, and chief executive officer of MetLife Incorporated. To my fellow shareholders, this will be my final letter to shareholders as chairman of MetLife. I would like to review our 2018 achievements, which were considerable, and also survey the tremendous transformation our company has undergone over the past eight years. As I pass the baton to Michael Kalaf as CEO, I am confident we have laid a solid foundation that will allow MetLife to create significant value for shareholders, customers, employees, and the world at large. The year 2018 marked a turning point for MetLife. We closed the book on key challenges and pivoted to the future. Our long struggle to remain on a level playing field with competitors came to a successful end when the federal government dropped its appeal of the court victory, rescinding our designation as a symmetrically important financial institution. We completed the final leg of the spinoff of our U.S. retail business, the centerpiece of our strategy to become less capital intensive and interest rate sensitive. And we created a new group within MetLife focused on our performance as a sustainable company. We are in the business of making and keeping promises. For more than 150 years, MetLife has been there for people after life's most destabilizing moments, and the management team feels a deep sense of responsibility to our customers and their families. We are committed to running the company responsibly and with a long-term perspective so that we can keep our promises for generations to come. Sustainability means profits must be tied to purpose. The first half is just as important as the second. Without profits, a public company will not be able to fulfill its purpose for very long. I am pleased that MetLife delivered strong financial performance in 2018. We generated $5 billion of net income and $5.5 billion of adjusted earnings driven by solid underwriting, good volume growth, disciplined expense management, and tax reform. We grew adjusted earnings per share by 37% and achieved an adjusted return on equity of 12.6%. Strong cash generation helped us return a record $5.7 billion to shareholders in 2018 through common stock repurchases and dividends. This is well ahead of our $5 billion target and demonstrates our commitment to being good stewards of our shareholders' capital. Capital is precious, and our goal is always to deploy it to its highest and best use. When we have opportunities for organic growth or acquisitions that exceed our cost of equity, we will pursue them. And in fact, MetLife deployed more than $3 billion toward new business growth in 2018. But when we do not, we will return excess capital to shareholders, as we should. 
Share buybacks have come under criticism in certain quarters on the grounds that they are unfair to workers. In politics, the temptation is to set up diametrically opposed positions. Either you're completely on the side of workers or you're completely on the side of shareholders. The truth is, you should be for both. I agree with those who say if you're not providing for your employees and just giving back money to your shareholders, that's not a fair deal. Some have argued that before you do buybacks, you should pay all workers at least $15 an hour, offer seven days of paid sick leave, and offer decent pensions and reliable health benefits. I'm proud that MetLife does all of these things and more. In fact, we used a portion of the proceeds of tax reform to improve the benefits we offer our workers. But you have to take care of your shareholders as well. They have given you money to invest for them and their families, and you have an obligation to provide them a fair return. A lot of middle-income people have their retirement funds invested in MetLife through mutual funds or other institutional investors. They benefit when we pay dividends and repurchase shares. I believe it would be a mistake to let the government start making capital allocation decisions for companies. Our free market system has the best track record of any economic system in allocating capital where it will produce the greatest wealth for the greatest number of people. In addition to our strong financial performance, MetLife made good progress operationally in 2018. We successfully remediated the material weaknesses associated with our group annuity business in the United States and our runoff Japan variable annuity business in the MetLife holdings segment. Both material weaknesses were lifted as announced in our 10K. Our focus since we've self-identified and self-reported the group annuity issue has been to enhance our processes so that we deliver better service to our customers. Going forward, we will further strengthen our ownership culture so that employees continue to feel empowered to escalate issues quickly. This is the best way for us to live up to the high standards we set for ourselves. Our financial performance is, and should be, tied to the value we create for our customers and the experience we deliver for them. MetLife's Path to Transformation Since I announced my retirement, I have been asked many times about my legacy at MetLife. I think of it in two ways. First, I believe I helped de-risk the company on both the financial and regulatory fronts. And second, I helped strengthen the company operationally, providing a solid foundation for a new era of profitable growth. 18 months after I joined the company in 2005 as Chief Investment Officer, we sold Peter Cooper Village, Stuyvesant Town in Manhattan for $5.4 billion. While this was regarded as a historic, top-of-the-market asset sale, it was actually a de-risking move. That one property had risen so much in value that it represented nearly 50% of our entire real estate equity portfolio, posing concentration risk. That same approach to risk guided us as the storm clouds of the financial crisis began to gather. I am proud that we saw the housing bubble earlier than most and took action to significantly reduce our holdings of subprime mortgage-backed securities. We also saw the recession coming in October of 2007, two months ahead of the official start, and made a decision to sell down billions of dollars of assets we thought would be most vulnerable in a downturn. Our efforts to de-risk MetLife's asset portfolio helped us come through the financial crisis in such strong financial shape that we were able to buy Alico from AIG for $16.4 billion, helping AIG repay U.S. taxpayers and making MetLife a truly global insurance company. When I became CEO in May of 2011, I knew our major task would be to de-risk our liabilities, just as we had de-risked our assets. After going public, the company had been growing the top line with complicated guarantees that produced impressive gap earnings, but with poor underlying economics. 
While we had exited the long-term care business the prior year, largely because of us in leadership viewed the liabilities as unhedgeable, we were still selling a number of products that would not perform well in a lower for longer interest rate environment. Initially, I thought that exiting universal life with secondary guarantees and ratcheting down variable annuity sales would get the job done. Eventually, we realized the best course would be to spin off our U.S. retail business altogether and create two distinct value propositions for shareholders. Our goal for MetLife was clear, drive up our return on equity while driving down our cost of equity. We have made great strides towards this goal. MetLife is a less volatile company than it was in 2011 with a lower beta, which has allowed us to deliver returns in excess of our cost of equity capital. While the decision to separate Bright House Financial made strong economic sense, it was still not easy. The hardest part was the emotional component. This was our core business dating all the way back to our founding in 1868, and the decision to separate was the most difficult one I faced during my tenure. At the same time as we were de-risking, we were improving MetLife's economics by boosting free cash flow and the value of new business written. We expanded capital-light businesses with high internal rate of returns and shorter payback periods, and we fixed or exited businesses that failed to meet those criteria. As a result, our ratio of free cash flow to adjusted earnings rose from 26% in 2012 to an average of 66% over 2017 and 2018. This stronger free cash flow has enabled MetLife to repurchase more than $10 billion of common shares over the last five years and increase our common dividend at an 11.4% return compounded annual growth rate since 2011. The life insurance business is a long-term by its nature. We create value for customers by making promises that can extend for decades, and the profits from the business we write often emerge slowly. In an environment that is very short-term focused, this requires discipline and determination. Sometimes we must make tough decisions that do not maximize near-term gap earnings in favor of doing the right thing for the company over the long run. This is how we have tried to run MetLife over the past eight years, with a focus on creating value for customers and shareholders over time. Operationally, MetLife has made tremendous strides as well. When I became CEO, we faced a number of challenges. Our cost structure was inefficient, our customer service was not where it needed to be, and our approach to technology and digital was status quo. We have reshaped the company on all three fronts. On cost, MetLife is now top quartile in tech spending efficiency among long insurance peers. This has helped contribute to an overall 140 basis point improvement in our direct expense ratio since 2015. MetLife made a commitment in 2016 to deliver $800 million in pre-tax margin improvement by 2020, and we remain on track to do so. These savings had not come at the expense of needed investments. Across the enterprise, we've invested in technology to improve the customer experience. In our U.S. centers, we have improved across all key metrics over the last six years. Net promoter scores are up by 139%. First call resolution has increased by 36%. Customer satisfaction has improved by 21%. And we've received five JD Power certifications for customer service across our call centers. No less important has been our focus on the future. The threat of disruption is real, and MetLife has not been standing still. Partnering with Techstars, we have launched a digital innovation accelerator to identify, mentor, and give us early access to disruptors in the insurance space. We have also launched a global digital venture fund to partner with venture capital firms, pilot best concepts, and broaden our own thinking. Finally, 
Lumen Lab, our innovation hub in Singapore, is driving a culture of innovation across MetLife with a goal of reshaping how we engage with customers. In April 2019, Lumen Lab's work on a blockchain-supported product won MetLife a spot on Forbes' first-ever Blockchain 50 list. An existential threat. In the midst of all these efforts, we were confronted with a regulatory risk larger than any MetLife had faced in its history. Because we won our sci-fi suit decisively, it may be hard to remember how ominous the threat appeared in 2013. The actions of the Financial Stability Oversight Council and the Federal Reserve at the time made two things clear. First, only three out of the more than 800 U.S. life insurers would be labeled sci-fis, and second, the capital requirements for sci-fis could have been significantly higher than for other firms. We viewed these as an existential threat that would make it impossible for MetLife to price many of its products competitively and lead to the potential breakup of the company into multiple pieces to the detriment of customers and shareholders alike. The Dodd-Frank Act included a provision allowing companies to seek judicial review of their sci-fi destinations. No company wants to take the federal government to court, but this was a path I felt we must pursue for the sake of our customers, employees, and shareholders. On the merits, we feel that FSOC was simply wrong. MetLife did not meet the definition of a systematic financial institution as outlined in Dodd-Frank. We are not that interconnected with other financial institutions, and our liabilities subject to a run on the bank are nowhere near large enough to destabilize the U.S. financial system. In addition, FSOC failed to show its own rules. It was supposed to assess MetLife's vulnerability to material financial distress, Instead, it simply assumed we would fail. These errors of both substance and process called the federal district court to deem FSOC's designation of MetLife fatally flawed. We were given many warnings against challenging the government. You will lose. Your brand will suffer. You will face retribution. But if anything, because we took a principled stand and fought for what we knew was right, MetLife emerged with its reputation enhanced. I believe it is important for companies to take a public stand and advocate for policies that are in the best interest of their customers, employees, and shareholders. While the sci-fi challenge was our most prominent example, we also made our views known on taxes, regulation, trade, and monetary policy. The pro-growth positions we took, many of which became official policy, have helped fuel the strongest U.S. economy in a decade, and better results for MetLife as well. My advice to business leaders is, don't abandon the public square. Your voice is needed to ensure the preservation of a free market system that has done a remarkable job of creating wealth and raising living standards. Our noble purpose. Underpinning everything we do at MetLife is our noble purpose of providing financial security to tens of millions of people. By pooling risk, investing wisely, and paying benefits when they are needed most, we create tremendous positive social impact. All advanced societies have governmental social insurance. All of them have also preserved private insurance as a vital component of the financial safety net that helps people deal with life's risks. MetLife's role as a force for good was on display in many ways in 2018. We paid approximately $48 billion in claims and benefits to policyholders. We fueled jobs and economic growth by investing $589 billion in total assets under management for policyholders and clients in agriculture, infrastructure, real estate, and businesses of all kinds. MetLife Foundation fulfilled its five-year commitment to provide $200 million in grants to improve financial inclusion worldwide. We were named to the Dow Jones Sustainability Index of North America for the third year in a row. 
We were named one of America's 100 most just companies by Just Capital and Forbes in recognition of our high performance on issues Americans defined as priorities for good corporate behavior. Conclusion. It has been a tremendous honor for me to lead this great company. My goal was to leave MetLife better than I found it, and I believe that is what we have done over the past eight years. We've divested businesses that were not meeting our return hurdles. We've invested in technology to improve our operations and the customer experience, and we've set the company on a path to profitable growth. There are many people I want to thank, including the board of directors for their support, especially during our long sci-fi battle. I want to thank the executive group for helping to turn the ship to put us on a better course. They took our strategy from words on paper to action on the ground. I want to thank those who worked with me in the office of the CEO who made everything run smoothly. Most of all, I want to thank MetLife's employees. Any company's success is the sum total of the contributions made by its people. Those of us in leadership often receive the credit, but it's those in the trenches who do the hard work every day. The amount of transformation that has occurred at MetLife is remarkable, and our employees should take great pride in their accomplishments. Finally, on behalf of the entire board of directors, I want to express our confidence that we are leaving the company in great hands. Michael Khalif has brought deep knowledge of our industry, an entrepreneurial spirit, and strong leadership skills to each of the roles he has held during a long and successful career in the life insurance industry. Michael shares my pride in the value we create for shareholders, the protection we provide to our customers, the opportunities we create for employees, and the positive impact we make on society. I wish him every success. Sincerely, Stephen A. Canandran, Chairman of the Board, President, and Chief Executive Officer, MetLife Incorporated. If you follow Bitcoin and crypto, you've probably heard of eToro. They're the world's number one social trading platform, and I love it. They've got more than 10 million other traders that love it too. And guess what? They just launched in the United States. eToro offers access to the world's most popular cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, and others. With the smartest trading tools and the ability to connect with the best traders around the world, there's no better place to build your perfect portfolio. If you're new to Bitcoin and crypto, you can test the waters with their $100,000 virtual trading feature. But if you're more experienced, you can create custom technical charts and use eToro's social feeds to inform your trading decisions. They've got transparent fees, and so you never miss out. They also have an easy-to-use application available on iPhone, Android, or any web browser. You can get started today in just a few clicks at eToro.com. Again, that's eToro.com. Get VIP access to Bitcoin and crypto markets today.